0: Welcome everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I love being on the cutting edge. I love about I love hearing new ideas, don't you? It's great to hear uh, people that are plowing new ground and helping us to to do better things out there. My next guest is Mark Nielsen of Accretive of San Diego, and we're gonna talk about something called Foundraising. You've heard of fundraising. This is fundraising. It's a quickly emerging alternative fundraising program that creates a win-win scenario for donors and their corporate business supporters. So we're going to talk about a concept that's called pinpoint fundraising with Mark. Mark, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate uh, having me on. I'm, I'm uh, excited to learn about, uh, you know, it's always great, like I said, to learn new concepts. Before we do that, Tell us a little bit about you, your background, and is it accretive or a creative? I, I'm not sure if I'm
1: pronouncing it right. It's accretive. Okay, and, I got it right. It's actually a it's a financial term that means incrementally positive, and we kind of built our business model around that concept. So, myself and frankly many of my partners are recovering CFOs, and uh, what that means is you know we've had long rich careers as CFOs in the driver's seat of the finance role. But we've created a a business model that's kind of the fun part of finance, and we've kind of carried that model to the nonprofit world and are satisfying both our business skills and needs. It's a for-profit business, but then we're able to use this business model to drive uh, significant funds from for-profits to nonprofits, where the for-profit actually ends up being the big winner. Hmm,
0: that's, that's fascinating. I mean, it's a great concept. And I've been involved in a couple scenarios where, where we've thought of that as a model because, you know, if, if you can do good, uh, people want to, people want to uh, associate themselves as doing good in the marketplace uh, and helping out. So how does it work? What is pinpoint fundraising? And tell us about the term, first of all, fundraising. Uh, what does it connotate?
1: Well, um, and I personally, you know, in my volunteer life, um, outside of my business life, I'm a volunteer and like many people on boards and um, involved in fundraising, whether it's asking people to come to events or give to uh, particular events that I'm involved with or organizations I'm involved with. Um, But that is asking for money. And that's fine. Most fundraising, frankly, almost all fundraising is based on asking. And it comes from a place of scarcity. So when... Bill, when you or I are either asking or are asked to give money to a cause, it's coming from a place of scarcity. In other words, um, we have limited personal resources, cash flows, and assets, but that's where we're giving from. And this fundraising concept is the idea that companies, uh, every company on the planet has, is accidentally wasting money in any number of areas, and so if we can identify those savings and the company uh, is willing to donate some of that found money, unexpected savings, uh turns out everybody's more generous with those dollars because uh, it's they didn't know they had it. And uh, so it's from a place of abundance rather than from a place of scarcity. So this is uh, this found raising, in other words, finding the savings rather than asking for donations is turning out to be... Um, it's not going to replace other things, but I think what we're finding is a number of nonprofits are using it to enhance and add another arrow to the uh, the quiver of how funds are raised. It's a brilliant Did concept. I answer. Your question? Yeah, it's
0: a brilliant concept and and great, very well explained. It makes a ton of sense. You're taking money that they have now found, so to speak, because of cost savings, because of operating uh, efficiencies, and and redirecting some of those monies instead of saying, well, let's let's put it all back into the company. Now we have money that we can feel good about being part of the community and what's going on around us. Great concept, I love it. So yeah, yeah really, really, what we, we did was combine two. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, one of the one of the key points in any type of uh, endeavor when you're consulting is is finding efficiencies and finding operating
1: funds. So uh, tell tell me what you're going to say. Well, this model is a little different because we are not uh, consultants. We have nothing against consultants. We actually uh, use some of them in our business model. However, we label ourselves in a whole different category of folks. Uh, we call ourselves resultants because we only are paid if and only if savings are generated that uh, a company likes enough to want to implement. And so both the and the nonprofits that bring us into their corporate partners only benefit from actual found money. So we're not paid for our time, we take all the risk in this. So there's no downside to it for either a for-profit company or the nonprofits that they either support or want to support. So it's uh not only the the way we come to market through the nonprofits, but the fact that we are totally at risk and don't charge for our time is are, is also
0: unique. That's great. Now, what what types and sizes of companies are good prospects for you and, and your company for
1: accretive? Well, they kind of fall into, into two categories, Bill. We work with some larger companies that may be 50 million, even up to a, a billion or more. We have some large clients. Um, and the key there is they oftentimes aren't big enough to have people who pay attention to a lot of the, the middle things. Now, we stay away from... Labor. We do not touch jobs. We don't touch headcounts, org charts, payroll. Um, We figure that's management's job, and we wouldn't feel good about getting paid from eliminating jobs. It's a necessary part of business. I understand. I was a CFO for 25 years, but that's not part of our model. And also, we don't touch a a company's core product costs. For example, if they're a manufacturer or distributor, there's the cost of the product. We stay away from that as well. So, what we're looking at is the next tier of things. They fall into about 10 categories that includes insurance, transportation, banking, technology, and a number of other things. But there's probably about 50 or 60 categories of things other than jobs and product costs where there is potential savings. So, um, again, back to your question, the large companies typically bring us in. We don't charge for our project management role. That's basically free. Um, On smaller companies that are, say, $3 million in revenue up to 25 or 30, Um, we have an express lane version of our business where we simply can direct the experts that we've already vetted out uh, to our clients on more of a referral basis. So rather than them trying to trial and error and figure out who can help them save money on telecom or office supplies or any number of other things, we've already figured out who those experts are and can save them the time and trouble. But on the smaller clients, we're simply referring the right experts to them. Um, and on the larger clients, we actually go in and, and manage this process because the, the company probably doesn't have the time. So. Okay. Does does your engagement start
0: with the understanding that what a percentage of the found savings will be directed to a nonprofit? Is that a prerequisite for you getting engaged with the company?
1: Well, if we come through a nonprofit, absolutely, because let's just say uh, United Way is introducing us to one of their corporate partners. Um, really expected that that company is going to give a portion, and it's written in the contract, and Accretive will also give back a fairly substantial am- amount. Uh, 15% of our revenues goes back to nonprofits. And that seems like a lot, especially if you're thinking about a traditional business that has fixed costs And holy cow, you're giving 15% of your revenue to charity? How is that even possible? Well, it's possible because we're in the found money business, and our model and many of the folks that work in our industry that we bring into our clients are also in a revenue-sharing model, which really allows for very generous slices of that pie to be shared with the nonprofit industry. But we do... um, you know, request when a nonprofit brings us to a company that they do uh, pre-allocate some percentage um, back to the nonprofit that introduced us. Now, if we go straight into a company and there was no nonprofit involved, then that's simply an option that we present um, and the company can choose to do that or not. I get it now. So
0: you're really working to align with nonprofit organizations, if at all possible, to have them, uh, introduce you to, um, to to business clients who uh, w- would then, of course, be aligned back with that nonprofit as well. So you're really doing good for everyone um, based on those types of relationships and introductions. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah,
1: we're working kind of backwards in partnership with the nonprofits because they're looking for new ways to raise funds. And, you know, surprisingly, Bill, if you had to guess, I, I was way off on this, and the percentage of Total philanthropy, whether it's in San Diego, California, or the country, what would you guess that percent to be? The percentage of corporate giving from the huge philanthropic pie in our country. Uh, I would hope
0: 10 percent or better, but uh, I'm I don't know what 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 is it.
1: Well, your your uh, your your hope was true because I guess 20 percent. The reality is it's closer to five or six percent, and that's not because companies don't care or they're not giving. But in the old days, companies used to give a lot more to charities. But then, uh, uh, local, state, and federal governments started to step in and provide a lot of community services, and so taxes were charged to companies for the for the governments to fulfill those and contract out those services. So corporate philanthropy began to go down, down, down over the years. Um, so mm-hmm. this model actually creates an economic win-win model. So uh, I don't know of anything else out there when you're asking for money where the company actually ends up the big winner because they're keeping more than half of the savings. And then as time goes on, they end up keeping a hundred percent of it. You know, a creative and the nonprofit are simply getting a share of that found money. Um, and so it's completely different approach. So, but it, it will help raise uh, corporate philanthropy. I'm confident we're starting to see more and more of this, whether they be with large found foundations or with, you know, small to medium-sized companies as well.
0: Well, I think I know the answer to this. You may have already answered it, but why Why do you think this approach
1: is needed in the nonprofit community, especially today? Well, I'll, I'll use my own situation. I'm a volunteer on three different nonprofit boards, and in each of them, I'm involved with fundraising. And when I simply approach corporations on behalf of these entities I volunteer for, I've just got my hand out. And you know corporations have shareholders they have uh, investors they have banks they have lots of stakeholders who have something to say about you know what's given away versus what's retained as profit so when you have a, a model that brings economic benefit to a company and they're sharing you know that that's a whole different approach and um well and frankly i'm sure you go to plenty of events i mean i think i went to 40 golf events, galas, and sundry other nonprofit events last year. And those events mm-hmm. are great. They raise huge sums of, of funds um, for nonprofits, and they're necessary. And I'm not suggesting they stop doing them. But What's happening is that there's a, such a thing as donor fatigue, where all of us are getting bombarded um, by a lot of great and wonderful organizations, but we can only write so many checks with our own checkbook, and we can only get so many of our friends to go to the same events that we're asked to invite them to so that we're at a saturation point where event-based fundraising really cannot continue to be the source of funds forever because people are getting weary of i mean i've been to events where i had to ask myself during the event which organization am i here support <laughs> you know where you just right you go to so many events you can't remember who's golf outing or who whose who's gala you're at
0: so, so, in a way, I guess one way to put it is it really aligns their heart, which wants to give and their their wallet, their pocketbook, which now has extra monies in it because of of services provided uh and it it'll, it gives them a good um, it gives everybody a good end result
1: um, Where do you see this program going in the future? Well, you know, uh, so far we've just been operating in, in essentially two markets. I came from the northern Indiana or Notre Dame area, and so we have a business model there, and we're working with a handful of nonprofits, including uh, Ronald McDonald House and United Way and a few others whose names you'd recognize. And then here in San Diego for the last year and a half, we've been working with the MS Society and Junior Achievement and uh, several others. Um, but recently we've had interest from uh, some large foundations, um like uh, Starwood Hotels, Cox Communications. Uh, We've also been chatting with a number of United Ways in different markets. United Way potentially could be a a wonderful partner for this type of thing, and they seem to love it uh, because their primary focus is corporate giving and the employees that work there. And so they're looking for new and exciting ways that helps improve the economies that they operate in with the businesses because, you know, business health is is critical to every local economy. So they can be a part of stimulating that health and, uh, you know, creating a benefit to the charitable organizations in the area. So I see it starting to bleed out into other um, communities, and uh, I think that's great. I don't really care that much if we end up participating in that stuff or not. Uh, there's a fairly altruistic uh, motive here just to open up a whole new reservoir of fundraising for nonprofits that are all climbing over each other in search of funds to survive and thrive. So it is starting to move outside of the two markets that we launched in, and um, that's encouraging. So,
0: Yeah, it's, it's not hard to um, imagine that this could be. Uh, a, a national or maybe even a worldwide phenomenon It's if you are aligning the the benefits of service providers uh, that save money for companies with, uh, with nonprofit organizations who either make an introduction or, or the, uh, are the recipient of some of those savings. It's, it's a phenomenal idea, and I think one whose time has come. I know how hard it is for these nonprofits out there these days, uh, so I, I really applaud your efforts. And uh, if a company wants to find out more about, uh, or a nonprofit, uh, where should they go to find out that information?
1: Uh, well, we have a website. In fact, uh, there's, a, there's a page on there that, that is labeled Pinpoint, and that's a brand name that we gave to this whole idea of combining cost reduction and fundraising. So that's on our website at uh, www.accretive, A-C-C-R-E-T-I-V-E, San Diego, spelled out dot com. So diego dot com. It's a great concept, Mark. I really appreciate you taking
0: the time to come on and explain it to us. Uh any other tips, ideas or or precautions you can share for our listeners about uh working with uh working with nonprofits
1: or cost savings ideas? Yeah there's really one there's really only really one big obstacle here and it's a big one. Um and it's real and we run into it all the time and I'm not going to pretend that as a former CFO that I was always innocent. And that is ego and pride, because every organization on the planet, big or small, public or private, for profit or not, has is accidentally, and that's the key word, accidentally wasting money in areas they just don't know they're wasting the money in. So our process is not there to embarrass anybody or get uh, get anybody fired. Um, it's really just a, a healthy approach to bringing savings to the surface that can be evaluated. At the end of the day, the company doesn't have to implement anything. They don't pay anybody for things they don't implement. But I but I can tell you that pride and ego are the only things that prevent this kind of thing from spreading a lot faster than it already is. And uh, so a business owner that truly wants to help the community and have a profitable business that seems like a tug of war this is really a win-win, true win-win situation with no strings attached, but it comes down to whether people can overcome their pride enough to allow someone to show them what they may not know. Simple as that.
0: So listeners, if you are involved with a nonprofit, you need to go to the website and find out about Pinpoint Foundraising and talk to your nonprofit about getting involved with this. And if you are a business owner Get your ego out of the way. <laughs> uh, bring in Accretive and help them try to find you some, some uh, found money uh, by, by streamlining your operations and saving money with your vendors. And then uh, align your heart with your wallet and, and help out some of the nonprofits that really need your help. Mark Nielsen of Accretive of San Diego, thanks so much for joining us today. I look forward to checking in with you at some time in the future and seeing how you're doing with the concept. And uh, thanks again. Uh, let's keep in touch. Thanks so much, Bill. All right, we're going to be right back after this message with another guest, so please stay tuned. Just thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone, keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com.
1: You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new 1 minute tips every day. exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute.
0: Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.